The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the RPG Years, your one-stop shop for all things RPG Club related fun times. Oh yeah. And we've got some fun times for you today. Yes, hello everybody. Welcome back to my awkward openings that I do all by myself while I, I warm myself up to talk to myself in a room <laughs> to get my point across. And yes, I um, first of all, apologies for last week. I got very, very busy at work and I just did not have time to record anything. And then towards the end of the week when I was finally going to squeeze in some time, my children both got a vomiting bug, which is um, a delight to deal with with young children. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's one of the things they don't tell you about when you become a parent is um, all the horrible germs and bugs that get into your house. And the worst of them being the dreaded vomiting bug for 24 hours, uh, which just involves you as a parent getting zero sleep and having to clean constantly. Um, Yeah, I won't get into too much detail on that. But yes, big apologies for that. It was supposed to be a big old news week last week. I'm going to see what I can squeeze in this week. I'm going to do. I'm actually going to do the news segment later on in my day. I'm going to focus today on the RPG Club uh, because I want to get that out. And also, just to announce, it's the Easter holidays in the UK. So actually, there won't be an episode next week either. <laughs> so yeah, I know I seem very, very flaky. I did say back in the very, very first episode of the RPG years that I unfortunately would not be able to sort of, you know, keep to the regular weekly schedule all the time because there will be family holidays and things coming up. Now, I'm only going to go stay at my in-laws for a couple of days, but it's going to take up my podcast in time. So, yeah, no, no episode next week. But that's okay because the RPG club has come to an end. So, you know, it kind of... Kind of makes for a good time to have a break, really, to be honest with you. But yeah, hang on. Let, let me let me do let me do a little catch up first. Okay, let's talk about the first elephant in the room, and that is the materia lockdown. 
So I got very excited because on the 8th of March, and I'm going to get my, my timelines in here for you all. On the 8th of March, I tested the bot because I knew what well, everyone had been telling me that, oh, you know, Elon Musk has made all the changes to the Twitter API and things. And like, I'd had I'd had um, emails about certain because I have um, I use Zapier to do um to do certain tasks to automate things so for instance it will automate when i post a new episode of the podcast it will post it on, in the discord and it will post it onto twitter i remember getting an email from them saying you know oh this may not work in a couple of weeks because of the changes twitter are making and then i got another email from them saying don't worry we figured it out all your apps will work perfectly after the change like, oh brilliant and then yeah 8th of march i went in i, I turned the bot on i configured the dates for this run and then I did a quick test and it worked I was like oh amazing how how have we managed to dodge this bullet fantastic so I got all the new logos ready I set up the fundraising page and the fundraising page is still active um that will be in the show notes below and yeah I got very very excited thinking oh brilliant I am going to have another year of material lockdown with no issues so 26 of March rolls around the bot starts up I, I quickly wake up in the morning send out a little tweet and thinking it's all going to work and it's not working it's failing and so i go oh god bugger so you know i bring up the thing and i'm like oh yeah this the the app's crashed so i start trying to reboot the app still the bot's still crashing it's like okay so i load it up into my thing and it's been a long time since i did this i update everything in the bot thinking oh what what's what's gone wrong you know my my heroku stacks out of date update that uh my MBAT, MPM things are all out of date. I know these things won't make sense to anyone, but all these things are out of date. I spent good, probably six hours getting the bot to a point where it was all up to date and working and the app would rebuild itself because that was the first thing. Like, you know, the app was crashing and so I had to rebuild it and the rebuild failed. Um, <clears throat> so I got it to the point where it was finally rebuilding and then, uh, yeah, the app crashed again. And then finally, but at least this time, it was giving me um, some API errors. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go on to the Twitter developer page, which I haven't been onto for about four years. <laughs> and yeah, it says, yeah, the API version 1.1 was depreciated on the 14th of March. Yeah, so six days after I did my test, <laughs> they fucking turned it off. Damn you, Elon! Um, now there is there is uh, an API component for Twitter 2.0, which I can load into the bot, but it works. It's not the same as the one I'm using, and it would involve pretty much rewriting half the app, which Jay did before. And I very much doubt I'm going to coax Jay out of his podcasting retirement to do that for me. So that's going to be a project for the future. Uh, I've also spoken to a couple of other people about the possibility of rebuilding the bot for the future. But sadly, the kind of the way the thing's been running for now is just not going to work this year. So hopefully 2020, uh, 2024 will come back. We'll have a bot that maybe works with Twitter or ideally just through a website so that people don't have to be forced through Twitter to use it. But we'll see how that all goes. But for now, if you do want to play along, feel free to come into the Discord and uh, we can do, we've got a dice rolling bot so you can roll a dice to get a job or we've got a, 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 a Frost has put in together a randomized spreadsheet so you can literally just click on cloud and it will give him a job. So we're still going to be running the game. 
And I'm gonna once I've once my holiday time settled down with the kids and everything, I'm gonna start a run with Pete from the Attack on Titan podcast, and we're gonna we're gonna pass pass it along the save. So we're gonna do little chunks at a time and pass it along. And we're doing Nuzlocke rules and Materia lockdown rules to make it nice and difficult for us. But yes, that's the big update on Materia lockdown. <laughs> RPG Club Time update, yes. So, as I mentioned, we have now finally, finally finished the biggest club I think we've ever done. I, I think Woof, <laughs> Woof, that may sound strange, World of Final Fantasy may have been more episodes in the end because I think they added bits in or possibly Final Fantasy thirteen. But, yep, we have finally finished Final Fantasy twelve, which was a big old beastie boy to complete. So, what's going to happen next, everybody? Now that we've finished the game, we have a two-week break from the club where that will give me time to prepare a review episode for Final Fantasy XII. Uh, hopefully I can coax Scott out of retirement to review it with me. Although I know he's not going to give it the most favourable scores. But I feel, I feel like our contrasts in the game, especially the early game, uh, will probably shine shine for a good episode. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, uh, and I haven't even asked Scott yet, but hopefully he will do that for me. Otherwise I'll try and drag someone else into my crazy world of reviewing games but yeah so within the next couple of weeks there will be a review for final fantasy 12 in the meantime as i said i'm going to be having a break next week for the show but the rpg club has a two-week break so what that means is is that the patrons will get to start their nominations for the games on april the 16th hear that patrons so if you want to get involved go to the patron so you can go to patreon.com forward slash rpg years and you can join the patron there and then you can nominate a game which you would like us to play for the rpg club remember it's just a nomination so we have a weeks of nominate weeks worth of nominations and then on april the 23rd we will start the voting progress Yes. (laughs) And then so, and then the most fun thing after April 23rd will be, of course, uh, the uh, executioner Scott. And uh, I know I don't even have to ask him. This is one of his favourite jobs in the world to do. He will start executing the games that haven't made the vote. (laughs) Uh, I know that may sound crazy, uh, but if you have not joined the Discord, join the Discord just for the execution club it's great great fun we we have it's like it's like a little mini event for us all where we slowly chop the games down that haven't got the most votes uh, and then slowly reveal who the winner is it's great great fun but yeah so again you can come join us on the patreon uh if you are going to be nominating a game to remember uh, the current rule is less than 40 hours you know i did say less than final fantasy 12 but yeah we're going to go with less than 40 hours according to how long to beat.com which I know we've seen is not always accurate, but it's the best thing I've got to go by uh, without just guessing. And also, because we've just had a Final Fantasy game, you cannot nominate another Final Fantasy game for this round of the RPG Club. Yeah, got that? We've we've just played a Final Fantasy game. I don't want to just be playing Final Fantasy games for the rest of my life, so we'll have a break from Final Fantasy. You must pick something from a different franchise or, of course, solo RPGs. And of course, we have the rule of um, it must be easily accessible. Okay, so don't pick a game that like I'm gonna. It's gonna be a bad example, but don't pick a game like uh, Suikoden Two, which is like only available on. Oh, actually, I think that is on the PSN store in the US, but I know that's not on the PSN store in Europe. 
Okay, I'm, I'm maybe okay, maybe not that. But don't don't pick you know super obscure game which is currently console locked to the turbo graphics and copies go for five hundred dollars a pop. You know, go for a game that is easily accessible where you can download it on any platform, any modern gaming platform. You know, you can go for iOS if it's on if it's on iOS, fine. Android, fine. Get it on PSN Store, Switch Online, whatever it's called, Nintendo Online, whatever. As long as it's easily accessible, then you can pick that game. So, for instance, Lunar Silver Star Story, you would think is not easily accessible, but it does actually have an iOS port. (laughs) I know, crazy, right? Whereas Golden Sun is currently not easily accessible, although it has been announced for the Nintendo Online Store door so it will soon be easily accessible you know things like that you know just got to think it through people make sure people can easily get the game and it's not going to cost them an arm and a leg to play mostly it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg to play but yes anyway let's talk about the next bit what about the list games this is getting long people i didn't expect it shining in the darkness my friends um i'm I'm currently, I mean, everyone seems to be overtaking me, which is uh, a scary point in one of these games. It means I'm not playing it enough. And everyone else is like, yeah, man, let's play, let's play dark, let's play Shining in the Darkness. And I'm pleased, I'm pleased people are joining in with me. But yeah, Kazlo started from like the very beginning of the game last week and has already overtaken me. <laughs> Damn it, why? Why people? You know, you know I don't have much gaming time. Um, so, yeah, so that's a bit of fun. But, yeah, no, I'm currently in the Cave of Truth, which is where I think I was last time, and I've made my way about halfway through. I've picked up a false idol, uh, which I think is the item I need to use in this cave to complete whatever task I've got to do in this cave. But, yeah, I'm just I'm struggling at the moment with my levels. I'm kind of 17, 17, 16, 17 with my three characters. And, yeah, it's just things are just kicking my butt, man. And the toadstools. Those bloody toadstools, I think I mentioned it before, they just keep putting me to sleep. And then, yeah, I got really deep into the dungeon and I I, got, I ran into another bloody seahorse, what it's called, King Stallion or something. And yeah, it just kicked the absolute crap out of me and just then made me then use up all my healing items. So I'm just like running low on MP. I looked at a map. I look like I'm about halfway through the dungeon. <laughs> this is like, I'm going to have to make a third run at this dungeon, which is, uh, I haven't had to do that so far. Every dungeon has been like, yeah, apart from the, the very first early grind, where it's just like I basically couldn't get away from the door to the entrance to the to the labyrinth. Uh, I Apart from that, I've been okay. Uh, I've been managed to dive into each dungeon, kill, kill the boss or whatever there was, get the item and get out into the next area. Uh, until obviously I had to face that wall last week where I killed it, went outside, healed up, came back in. <laughs> it was back, you fucker. But yeah, I'm, I might have to make a third run at the Cave of Truth before I can do it. And then I think I've got one more trial to do before I get into the labyrinth. But yeah, it is a fun game. Come join us. There's lots of people playing along and we're all talking about it in the Discord. Need to be, I need to be more active on social media, but that's kind of just an always ongoing thing. Okay, next update for the show. So final one. I've just complained about my gaming time, <laughs> um, but I have been trying to think. You know, we've got we've got we've got a nice number of patrons now who join in with the RPG club, but we don't really. I've always felt like I want to give more back to the patrons. So we're going to have a new Patreon perk coming up shortly, which is going to be uh, the VIP lounge. <laughs> I'm calling it. So yeah, we got the RPG club and now we've got the VIP lounge. And essentially this is a chance for the patrons to get me to play an extra game. And then I will be 
giving the patrons exclusive episodes where I do roundups like this. So I'm just going to, for me, I can easily squeeze that into my recording time that I do for the show. And then I can do bi-weekly episodes where I talk about my progress in that game that they've nominated uh, or that they voted for. And I'm going to be picking the games that I nom so I get to nominate the games to play and then the patrons get to pick those games and then I, they get exclusive episodes based on those games and it's an exclusive review at the end of it uh, although the review will be exclusive until I need a break and then it will just be coming to the normal feed so you will get the reviews eventually people but yeah I just thought it'd be like an extra bit of fun uh an extra bit of fun, and I feel like I can keep up with that schedule. <laughs> We're going to trial it anyway for the for, for the first one and see how I get on. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident that it's, it's going to work out well. But yeah, I'm going to nominate games based on... Uh, the first game I nominate is going to be a game that I really want to play. The second game will be a game... The second nomination for a game will be a game I don't want to play. And uh, when I announced this on the Patreon, <laughs> the first thing I got was, Bill's definitely going to pick Dragon Quest XI. I'm not going to pick Dragon Quest XI as the first game that I don't want to play. I'm kind of thinking along the lines of maybe Grandia 3, because I don't really want to play that. <laughs> I, could, I could pick Seventh Saga, because I really don't want to play that, but that will be next on the list game, so I'm not going to pick that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I, yeah, I'll, I'll find something that I'm not particularly interested or in, in playing much, and then see if people want to punish me and make me play it. <laughs> And then hear about it. And then the third game is going to be the wild card game. So just something a bit random that I probably don't know anything about. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, I'll just pick a random title and just be like, oh, this, you know, see if you want me to play this <laughs> and go from there. But yeah, that's kind of the last big show update. So yeah, let's move into it, people. Uh, let's get into the RPG Club. Attack on Final Fantasy is a podcast where IP tried to complete every single Final Fantasy game using attack only. In between the weekly main episodes, I often post other bits and bobs, like games I play on a whim, or episodes featuring my lovely wife. Help me, you've got to help me, I've been kidnapped by a podcasting lunatic. So, come and join me over at Attack on Final Fantasy. Wherever you get your podcasts, I think I'm pretty much everywhere these days. You lucky, lucky people. Welcome to the VIP Lounge. You gotta be level 99 to get in here, baby. No why don't you go ahead and order yourself one of our finest elixirs and one of our beautiful bunny girls will show you to your table. Kick back, relax. It's time for the RPG Club. Oh yes, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss this jingle. I'm gonna see if I can get uh, realness to make me a new jingle for whatever the next RPG Club game is. And we'll try and uh, try and focus it around there. But you know, he he's been he's been amazing to put the jingles together for me so far, and uh, long may that continue. <laughs> but yes, RPG Club time, people. So let's talk about Final Fantasy Twelve. So this was from the end of the Great Crystal all the way up to the end of the game. So essentially, we go back to Balfour Mine Port. We got a huge dungeon, like 
like this dungeon is like the last five dungeons combined <laughs> in size and then we finally finish the game on the Bahamut um which you know is basically just like four hours of cutscenes and then yeah, two fights <laughs> Um, but yes and a lot of people kept talking about it being just like a boss rush but I didn't really feel that but then it's difficult to feel a boss rush when you just watch Bosch just murder things indiscriminately by himself um, I did I did go down the route of this of just trying to you know I tried to rush through the dungeons so that my characters didn't level up too much because I wanted to get see if some degree of difficulty came back into the game and by the last three bosses i think i think i did actually have characters die in a battle and i had to sort of react <laughs> to resurrect them but at the same time i was playing on four times speed during these battles so uh, i feel like if i'd been on normal speed i would have had no difficulty whatsoever in keeping up with the balance of the fight but yeah anyway so what's the first thing that happened the first thing that happens is we finished the great crystal we've met the akuria um who have told us that you know we should cut apart the sun crest uh well the, so yeah the Ikuria gods want us to cut apart the sun crest um in order to make more nephesite so we can use it in a big war against vain solidor whereas vanart who's the who's the one who's you know broken away from the Ikuria, who's the heretic as they call him he's trying to get them to destroy the sun crest i think because he wants people to have manufactured nephesite? It's not really clear. But yeah, we go back to Balfamheim Port and we talk about the Suncrist location with Redus. Redus is the one who tells us, oh, that's where I was trying to get to, but unfortunately we can't get through the mist. And it's just like, what is wrong with these people, man? Like, we literally fly there and land there. And it's just like, how could you not do this? I think there was some MacGuffin here where we had to have some sort of special stone installed on the ship. Yeah, yeah. One of the Moogles turns up and gives us, like, we give him a stone. He goes, oh, I put this on the stroll. And they're like, oh, we can get there now. So it's like, uh Yeah, well, well done, game. This this mechanic, again, of where and where we can't fly to for what and what reasons is as clear as fucking mud. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's, it is beyond a joke that the little information that is given here about this. It's just like, I just don't get it. I don't get why you can and can't fly in certain locations and where to. And I don't get why the mist stopped Redis's boats from getting there. But yeah, but we're basically, Redis knows the location of Sunquist. And it's at the boss, it's at the very top of this huge tower on the edge of what looks like the end of the world. Like, this is this huge waterfall. Like, Bigger, like five times bigger than Niagara Falls, just falling down. It's just like, is is that the end of the planet? Is Evelise flat? <laughs> am I am I becoming a flat Earthist? Like, honestly, I could I I like the cutscene is so impressive and the location looks amazing, and especially the bottom area that you first explore looks really really cool. And I think that's where you fight Yizamat uh, when it comes down to that hunt. But yeah, it was just like. I mean, my head, I just suddenly thought, is the earth flat? Is the water just falling off the edge of the earth? Like, what's, what's down there? What's beyond Paphos? Like, what or whatever it's called. I'm going to call it Paphos. Paphos is a place in Greece. <laughs> but, but that's the best I could do. Paphos Dungeon. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. But yeah, basically, I mean, Paphos is not the most exciting of dungeons. 
But there's kind of three guardian bosses you have to fight on the way up and the different ascents, so you've got ascent one, two and three, and they all have different like gimmicks and mechanics in order to get you up to the top. Uh, in order to get into Pathos, we have to fight a zombie dragon. Now, I didn't throw... I, I should have just gone... I should have thought about it and tried it. But again, I just watched Bosch murder this thing <laughs> all by himself. Oh, these poor these poor bosses. They just don't know what's coming when they see this, like, you know, curly-haired ginger warrior <laughs> running towards them. Is Bosch ginger? I don't know. He is now... He's ginger cannon in my head now. But yeah, um... There, they, they don't know what's coming <laughs> when he starts charging towards them, berserked to the nines. Um, yeah, so I just let him kill the zombie dragon. I was thinking, oh, I could probably, you know, use curing spells on this and maybe just throw a phoenix down on it and kill it. But I didn't bother. I just let Bosch do what he does best, which is just murder the most powerful creatures in Ivalice. Um So, yeah, kill that thing and then get into the dungeon proper. Now, the first thing we have to do is we have to kill some of the enemies on the first ascent. And they drop black orbs. And I was just picking these things up willy-willy-nilly. Uh, and apparently, I have, if you collect a certain amount of these, it gives you access to Subterra, which is like almost like a bonus dungeon beneath Pathos. So, yeah, again, two things I'll never do in this game is the bonus dungeon part of the Great Crystal, and I'll never do the bonus part of the Pathos dungeon. I just, I just can't do it. I, I get to the end of these games, and it's just like, I just have no drive to do this bonus content. <laughs> It's just like, man, this game just plays itself. Like, I don't need to go downstairs and let it play itself a little bit harder. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you can go play harder by yourself, my friend. Here's here's some BDSM gear. <coughs> but yeah, you have to collect just a couple of black orbs from these enemies, which is a piece of piss, really, considering how many of them you kill. And then you have to put them in these... Um, uh, and it's, this took me a cup. I actually went around this area twice. You know, I'm trying to avoid grinding <laughs> to bring a bit of difficulty back into the game. But I went into this area. I had to go around it twice because I was collecting the black orbs, and I kind of vaguely knew I had to put them in somewhere. And I thought I had to put them into those glowing grates to make the words show up. And I thought that was the thing I had to do. But no, in the middle section where you've got this huge pillar of mist flying up the central column, uh, there's these three things around the outside of it altar type things and you have to put the black orbs into there in order to activate your elevator to go up to the next or no to activate the waystone in order to go up into the dungeon proper where you can cl start climbing the steps and go through the ascents proper so yep did that after two goes <laughs> oh and there's a boss yeah sorry you have to do that and then that activates uh, a boss room i think something it's something like that there is there's like a random boss room which transports you to like or like it's like a holographic room, a bit like in Star Trek. Again, some of the technology in this game is not always clear about what the hell's going on. Yeah, so yeah, it's just this random hologram things. And I think this was the one where it's in a desert and I had to go fight this big adamantois. Again, Bosch does what Bosch does and Bosch kills. Uh, <laughs> so then we move up into the next area where we can start going up the stairs. So we have a we have a mechanic now where there's these um I don't I don't know what the enemies are called, it's like Deban and Debarian or something. But yeah, essentially there's these big green pot those big pot creatures that don't move about much and they some of them got green flames coming out of the head. So you kill them and then it starts to build a green bridge over into the next section. So you have to kill a certain amount of them. Now there are also red ones and if you kill the red ones it takes away from the green people. Uh, so you have to essentially make the green bridge. And then once you've completed the green bridge and you step on it, it becomes stone. Then you don't have to worry about it. 
And then you can go around and you need to keep spawning the red ones to kill them in order to get to certain high-powered items and magic spells that are available in these ascents. I didn't bother. <laughs> it's just like, again, do I need to go get holy? No, I'm not really using black magic. There was a lot of chatter in the Discord about, oh, I might need a higher-level black mage. You don't. <laughs> right? I, maybe for some of the hunts and some of the bonus bosses, but no, you don't need a high level black mage to complete this game at all in any way, shape, or form. Because I didn't. Was was Varna was Varna black mage? I can't remember who my black mage was. I think it might be Fran in the end. I remember making someone a black my dedicated black mage at the end, and then I benched them. <laughs> it's like you are not needed, my friend. <laughs> I have berserk Bosch. Oh! Van is just going to steal from every motherfucker coming. <laughs> and then Penelo's going to heal. And Penelo wasn't even a white mage. She was a bloody red red mage, whatever it was. Red battle mage, forebreaker or something. Something ridiculous like that. I, I didn't need a real mage, <laughs> essentially. I just, you, you uh, yeah, just didn't, wasn't necessary for me. And that was my final party, by the way. Just Van. Did I swap? No, I think I, think I swapped Vaughn for Fran at the end, just because I didn't need to steal anything. <laughs> so I thought I'd just have Fran so I could watch from a distance, because she's my archer. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you, you build these bridges, and you can do the bonus bridges if you want. I didn't bother. And then slowly wake your way up. Now, the next bit I needed a guide for, and I actually died here. I'm happy to admit it. Once you get into, I think it's the third ascent, there's essentially um, these floating altars again the different colors and you have to choose the altars in the right order of color sequence in order to get into the next area and keep going along so i think it was like first of all you had to go to the green one then you had to go to the blue one then you had to go to the black one then you had to go to the purple one and that was like the sequence you had to follow if you got it wrong twice you got transported to the bottom floor of this area where i think there was a high level item down there and of course the first, i immediately went up and touched one and it sent me back to the beginning then I touched a different one and it sent me back to this bloody downstairs dungeon thing but all these skeletons and ghosts start coming out to the floor and it mobs the shit out of you and yeah not even berserked Bosch in fact probably having Bosch berserks was not the best idea I party wiped you know that thing is an absolute fucker so I was like well sod that I bought up jegged <laughs> loaded my loaded my uh, auto save from before I got uh, <laughs> curb stomped by the mobs of dead things coming at me and yeah I, I opened up jegged and jegged guided me through this section and then sitting there at the end of it was an ultima blade for Bosch <laughs> it's like just what I needed I needed to make this fucker more powerful <laughs> so yeah so we get to the top and we get to the sun Chris. Um, it's been great having Redus in the party as well. He's made he's made getting through this easy, well, he's made me getting through this dungeon uh, very easy. You know, it was easy enough with my team as it was. Having Redus on board made it even easier. He was even higher level when he joined my team. I was just like, shit, man, <laughs> am I under leveled? Because I don't feel under leveled. And yeah, so uh, what was the other two bosses? There was another like you know, there was another boss on the way up where I had to enter a Star Wars like virtual reality chamber thing and then there was um and then there was one i had to fight on the lift at the almost at the very top and i think that was an esper was it hydamel or something yeah hishmel i don't know the esper's got such dumb names where's shiva why is why is shiva a bloody battleship um yeah anyway <laughs> i've complained about that before but yeah i get to the top uh after 
going through these bosses. Even these espers, man. I have, I've got like about four espers in reserve that I haven't even bothered unlocking on the license board. I just can't see the point. <laughs> it's just like, it's just not necessary. I don't need it whatsoever. And then, yeah, get to the top. And then we're confronted. Yeah, we look at this sun crisp and then we're confronted by Judge Gabranth, who, being a judge, judges us. <laughs> you He's so judgy, that Judge Gabranth. Uh, he judges us and then decides he's going to take us out for some reason. It's, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of baffled by his um, motivation at this point. Uh, and yeah, he kind of... Also, like, him and Bosch don't really do anything now. They have a bit more of a moment later on on the Bahamut. But you, you'd expect him to be like, Brother! Brother! Fuck you, brother! Fuck you, brother! <laughs> and then have, like, a, you know, a pro wrestling match in the middle. And, and you know, I, there's going to be some pro wrestlers coming up in a bit. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'd expect there to be some sort of more banter or something between them. But there isn't really anything. He's just kind of just talking about Ash. And, yeah, I don't really get the motivation. But we have to beat him. And then that makes Sid appear. And Sid's like, Cabranth, you were just supposed to observe. You wasn't supposed to interfere. So, fuck off. <laughs> you've, you've failed at your job. You're dismissed. And then Judge Cabral's like, oh, sod you, and then tries to attack Sid, and then Vanart just like batters him away. And again, also confusing, because so far the Akuria haven't got involved with anything like this, and haven't really shown any sort of telekinesis power like this. And you'd think, if they could do that, why wouldn't they just do that to our team? Yeah. But anyway, we get some more confusing dialogue, and uh, eventually kind of Ash makes up her mind to not cut off shards of nephesite but instead she wants to destroy the sun crist which is kind of what venar wants but then sid doesn't want it because he's using the sun crist and he basically triggers the sun crist in order to power up something which we later learn is the sky fortress bahamut and it's like again just none of this stuff has been mentioned so it doesn't really make any sense in the moment and it makes it really difficult to remember what the fuck's going on. So, yeah. So, it's just... It's all very, very confusing. But stuff really starts getting laid on thick here. They're really shoving the story moments down your neck. Because they've failed to do it for, like, the last third of the game. <laughs> so, here it comes, people. Here it comes. Open wide. Get the funnel. Story's coming. So, yeah. So, Dr. Sid is doing that. So, we have to defeat Dr. Fid, who summoned the Fid. <laughs> Um, and he uses he uses a uh, Bosch no not Bosch sorry Balthier's real name which is like Fam Famarin or something weird <laughs> it's a really strange name um, but yeah essentially he he then summons Famfrit and then we have to defeat Famfrit first before defeating Sid and then we defeat Sid and then Sid turns into mist <laughs> and as he's doing it uh, him and Balthier have a little bit of a moment where he's just like yeah. I have no regrets, son. <laughs> I'm bloody glad <laughs> that I did all this shit. <laughs> it's like, okay. Okay, mate, you, you spent six years m making manufactured nephesite, working with a heretic god who's trying to destroy the world, maybe? I don't know. I'm kind of, at the end of this, left with the impression that Vanart was doing the right kind of thing. <laughs> you know, once we get to the end of the game, I'm like, was Vanart right? Was what he was doing correct? Because it feels like it. But yeah, so... Eventually, he's trying to use this. So we defeat Sid. He disappears. It sends the Sun Crist crazy because it's trying to up. It's trying to like 
is trying to power up the Bahamut Sky Fortress, but we don't know this at this point, I think. But without Sid there to kind of guide it, its power just starts exploding out. Ash and Vaughn both pick up the swords. So we've got like the Dinah's King Sword and the Treaty Blade. I don't know who's got which one, but they're both trying to get to the Sun Crest to destroy it. And then Redus just pops up and says, Hey, little woman, <laughs> I'll take that blade off you. <laughs> this is a man's job. And he jumps at it and, put, and then cuts the figure off and kills himself. Now, the thing here, the big reveal here is that apparently Redus was Judge Zekt, I want to say. And he was the one who used the Nephesite at Nabudis and destroyed Nabudis. So he kind of used this as his redemption for the guilt that he feels for killing that entire city of people in one moment. He said, like, you know, I didn't really know what this thing that they gave me was going to do. He knew it was going to be powerful and do something big, but he didn't realise the scale of it. So he's kind of been regretting that ever since, and that's why he left Judgedom and became a Sky Pirate, or the King of the Sky Pirates. So, yeah, again, it's just so much to reveal all at once. Like, if we'd have found out he was Judge Zex beforehand and that he had been the person to destroy Nabudis before we got into the Pharos dungeon, it would have made more sense. You know, He has this thing leaning over him, whereas it's just like all at once, it's like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and here's my redemption. I'm dead. Just like, all right, Redis. Cheers, mate. Yeah, then somehow you know the, the whole pathos thing starts to explode and falling apart, and we just suddenly skip to us all being inside the... Inside, so I had to stroll flying away and being like, Yeah, Judge Kabrav, it's just like, okay, <laughs> so, that, so that was a whole thing. <laughs> it's just like, Yeah, I'm not, I, yeah, I've completely detached from everything that's going on in this story. I don't give a shit anymore. Wait, who do I kill next to finish the game? And yeah, so we go back to Balfam High Port, and essentially, we're just like, Yeah, oh, there's this big fucking sky fortress, it's approaching Dalmasca. Let's go sort it out. So you just basically go to the... You can go to the Aerodome at any point now, open up your map and start the end sequence of the game, or you can go around and do the other hunts and all that sort of stuff that's going on. If you want to mop up the content. So this is the story point. Point of no return. Go fly to the Bahamut. And... Oh, yeah, sorry. Al, I forgot. Al Sid's at Balf, Balfamheim Port, and he tells us about the fact that uh, a lot of the generals from Rosaria have decided to join Ondor in despite Rosaria saying they're not going to join in the fight. And everyone wants to take down um, Vane, but Vane has got this huge sky fortress which he's built, which looks like, you know, it looks like one of the drill parts from the prison in Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> there's, there's a good reference for you people. Bet no one bet no one put that one together before. And it's got like huge amounts of firepower. It's been somehow massively powered up with man it's got filled with manufactured nephesite and it's been powered up by the sun crisp before we destroyed it and it's got just huge amounts of power firepower to take down like these huge ships in one blast uh or the ondor's fleet you know the big vessels in it in one big blast but we get this huge like you know star wars-esque battle scene with things flying around balfears flying the straw left right and center dodging stuff and apparently um we just kind of fly under the radar and go up <laughs> into this thing to kill it it's just like oh okay <laughs> well, not to kill it sorry to to dock to dock in it and it's just like oh okay that was um 
That, that seems like a bit of a security flaw. Yeah, you know, you just fly low and come up and dock. It's just like, why was no one stopping this dock? And then there's like, there's barely any guards on this fortress. It's just fucking veins Zolidor going, oh, I'm going to blow shit up. And um, and Larsa going, oh, I don't think that's a good idea, bruh. <laughs> bruh, what are you doing, bruh? That's not a great idea. You don't do it like that. Let's be peaceful, man. People are scared shitless. He's like, no, I'm going to send... He's like, don't, don't, don't fucking blow it down, Masca. Like, look at them. They'll surrender. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to send a message. Because <laughs> I'm a bad guy. My motivations aren't overly clear. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm just being bad for the sake of it. You know, I killed dad, man. Come on. <laughs> you got to trust me now. So, yeah, we basically, we we get into the Bahamut. We go up. We, we have another fight with Gabramp, who apparently somehow survived Pathos. I assume he just jumped into the water and swam away from the torrent of waterfall that was coming down. <laughs> then swam back to land and then came back here, just wobbled in. Somehow, you know, managed to climb up a big mountain, jump, jump onto the bottom of the Bahamut <laughs> fortress as it was flying past, climb himself inside and go up like 500 floors <laughs> in order to reach us where we docked. Um, yeah, so Judge Cabranf is there. And apparently his name's Noah, by the way. Yeah, you know, great little thing. Like, Noah. Noah in the whale. Everyone remember Noah in the whale? Five years' time I will be walking round a zoo With the sun shining down over me and you Make love to the elephants too Making love to the elephants too. No, that's wrong. Anyway, so yeah, uh, we we had a big moment with him and Balfier's like, come on, you don't have to be a judge. You can be... No, not Balfier, sorry. <laughs> Bosch. <laughs> I forget, I forget whose brother's who now. <laughs> Sid is... Balfi's dad, Bosch, is Gabramp's brother. Um, he's like, come on, Noah, give up being a judge. Just be Noah again, and we can be family. And so we have to fight him and beat him down for reasons. And then then we go confront Larsa. Let's <clears throat> uh, say Larsa. I, yeah, I vaguely had a weird memory going into this game. I tried to put to the back of my mind that Larsa was the bad guy. That's not right. <laughs> it is just vain. Larsa is kind of the good guy who pulls things together at the end. But yeah. Uh, when when Gabranf shows up during this kind of weird battle that we have with Vane, he's like, ah, well done, Gabranf. You're here just in time to protect Larsa. And so Gabranf points his sword at Vane and goes, I will protect him by defeating you. And this is like, Vane is like, man, whatever. <laughs> Fuck you, judgy. <clears throat> Again, the, all the motivations here just sort of don't really gel well with me. And I think that's why this story ends up being very, very easily forgotten compared to other Final Fantasy stories. It's just essentially, yeah, he turns up, we have to defeat Vane at this point. Vane then tries to run off. Again, I'm not having much difficulty with the battles. Someone did die during this battle and I had to throw a phoenix down on him uh, because I thought it'd be quicker than reviving <laughs> <laughs> according to the way my gambits were set up it was quicker than reviving him um, <clears throat> and then he runs off Vanart sort of vaguely stops Varn who goes all like parkour jumping over shit trying to chase after Vane <laughs> and then Vane kind of wand- wand- wanders out and goes I'm sorry Vanart I fouled you and Vanart again like I say Vanart feels like he I feel like he's won he's he's achieved what he wanted to do he's like don't worry Vane we did it right we have ended the Sun Christ and we have ended the Age of Stones. So essentially, he has stopped the 
uh, Akuria for being able to use these like chunks of nephocyte in order to fight battles to manipulate humans to do what they want to do. Now, assumingly, the Akuria are still there and will still be able to use their hands to guide human fate if they want to, but they now can't use basically these weapons of mass destruction in order to do so. And so you kind of feel like Venart has got his own way. And then, yeah, so Venart then melds with Vane Solidor, and Vane Solidor turns into a pro wrestler. <laughs> it's the only way I can describe it. He just becomes like ultimate beef chunk, chunky beefy guy. Vane's popping out of his neck and his head. He just he looks like you know the Hulk <laughs> or something. Not the Hulk. I'm trying to think who it is. He kind of reminds me of Edge from when I used to watch wrestling. Or there's, there's another one. Really reminds me of him. Really like Vaney. Maybe a heartbreak kid. Some sort of, you know, really long hair, veiny guy, big beefy fucker. And it's just like, yeah. He's, and then he starts pulling parts of the fortress. And like ships are flying past and he's just casually waving a hand and the like Vanart's power is blowing them up. And then all this metal stuff comes towards him. He starts going full Gundam wing, <laughs> turning into this huge flying metal beast. And again, yeah, I just I just let Bosch just murder the fucker. <laughs> it's like, oh, Bosch, go! I release the hounds! And Bosch goes out and kills him. And then, yep, but then we have this great ending scene, which is very, the ending scene is very, very memorable, where Bosch, no, Balfeard pretends that there's a problem with the fuel going to the Stral, and then he goes out to the engine to fix it and says, here, Vaughn, here, Pinello, you, get, you guys, you fly this when you're ready. Because he'd earlier on, when we got to Pathos, said, if anything happens to me, Van, make sure you take the stroll. And he's like, Van's like, why, what's going to happen to you? He's like, you know, in case I do something dramatic. So we fly off, and apparently there was nothing wrong with the stroll. It was just Balfir and Fran snuck off into the Bahamut in order to try and keep it going so it wouldn't crash into Rabanasta as it started to fall to pieces, which they successfully do. So, you know, we start to see it, it starts to fall down into Rabanasta. This is very much like the end of Final Fantasy seven where the meteor starts to destroy parts of midgar but then they manage to get it going enough to sort of almost bounce it up and then flip it down into the desert and i assume it falls on top of that little town of people with the ships where they go across the river (laughs) no i don't know i don't know where the where the where the where the fortress falls but it does and then we assume uh because we even see a point where fran gets absolutely like piled upon with bits of debris from the thing and then Balfir picks her up and starts walking out and it's like come on I'm the leading man I can't die <laughs> and then Fran's like oh, I always had you more down as a supporting role I love I love these moments between Fran and Balfir where they're just like you know almost breaking the the you know the fourth wall but it's just so it feels organic and it feels really real but there's so few of it in the game they really needed to go a bit more heavy on that and i think they could really build upon that a lot but you know lessons learned there for future games you know they 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 certainly went ham on the relationships in final fantasy 13 so thing things will change but yes <coughs> but yeah we flick to a year in the future and the you know they basically spoil the whole point of you know Balfir and Fran dying in the crash uh with Pinello and Fran uh and Ash you know we get a catch up of everything basically um Ash gets her ring returned to her in the letter which you know we 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 will assume is Balfir and Fran because he took her ring from her at the very beginning of the game do you guys remember that because I could barely remember it it took me like an hour to be like where did that ring come from <laughs> just like I'm pretty sure when 
she asks for their help. He's like, okay, give me your ring. <laughs> give me your wedding ring, bitch. <laughs> Hand it over. <laughs> hey, I love that. So yeah, he returns her wedding ring to her to show that he's still alive. He steals the straw from Van. <laughs> Poor old Van. Finally gets to become a Sky Pirate, and then his old boss comes back and nicks his ship back. And yeah, and then Penelo's like secretly in love with Bosch, I think. Or no, she's secretly in love with Solidor. Uh, with Larsa, isn't she? So she sends him a letter saying, why don't you come over? And yeah, and Bosch has taken up, because uh, Noah died as well. And, you know, Brav died after having a heartwarming moment with Bosch, which really landed well because I could remember it. <laughs> Couldn't remember shit. Um, <clears throat> so Bosch then becomes Larsa's protector as a judge. Uh, you know, and also that's supposed to help the ties between Rabinaster and everyone else. So peace ensues. There's a good guy finally with Larsa in charge of the Arcadian Empire, and the Rosarians have assumedly gone back to their nice Mediterranean climate to have sex and do cocaine, because that's what Alcid looks like he does all day long. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, out, out, you could literally put Al Cid in the Scarface film and he would just fit in fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I've got that from. But yes, and that wraps up for us Final Fantasy Twelve. There is a new game plus, <laughs> which I started and yeah, Rex is like level 90. <laughs> I was like, was he level 90 the first time I played this game? Or is that like the equivalent of being level 50 when you finish the game? But yeah, that brings an end to the RPG Club for Final Fantasy Twelve. And yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this segment. It was um, good fun. It was a chunky monkey compared to the old ones. I don't... Although I regret how short the Great Crystal segment was, I'm not really sure I could have made this last segment shorter because I feel like it all kind of happened at once and so it was good to get it all in there and talk about it at once together. Okay, so let's get into everybody's feedback for the RPG Club. Final segment. You know what time it is. Aren't you? Grab yourself a glass and pour yourself something lovely. It's time for Shots with Scott. Yeah. Welcome on in. Hope you got a glass of something lovely, as has been suggested. I'm Scott. And welcome to Shots with Scott. Today we're going to be discussing the final segment for the latest RPG club, Final Fantasy XII. Alright, so I'll start off by mentioning that around the time it was time to go to like Giravagan, I gave up on the hunts and the side quests for this game. I'm not saying I'm not going to go back to them and go for more completionism, but it was just a lot. There's a lot of side shit in this game. Even if you take the hunts out of it, I couldn't believe I was looking through the guide about the different side quests available. And I forgot about most of it. And I was starting to outpace the difficulty of the regular main areas. And I just felt like I didn't need to do them anymore. And I you know, didn't want to bore my fiance, Corey, anymore either. So we just moved on. So this thing or part kind of opens. I don't know if this was covered in the last segment or not. But there's a cool scene here with everybody just deciding what to do next. And you see a scene with Larsa and Vane and Dr. Sid at the Empire and they're talking about, you know, should they go against Ash or not? And Lars is like, I believe you should have more faith in Ash, brother. And Larsa is just my favorite character. I think he really shines, in my opinion. Um, he may be like a, you know, a little kid, but he, he does the right thing, even though he, you know, loves his lord brother. <laughs> um, so back at Balfenheim, uh, Balfenheim Port, 
Redis, and I can't remember if Alcid is there or not, but they just tell you that now that you have this sword, you can. there's the sun crest at a nearby lighthouse, uh, the Pharos lighthouse, and you can use the sword to either cut off a piece of the sun crest to get more magicite to destroy the empire with and end the war, or, or you can you know, go in and destroy the sun crest altogether and get rid of magicite in the first place. So that's going to be like a major plot point uh, for Ash because, you know, what's the right thing to do? <clears throat> you go to this place called the Redorana Cataract, and this is a pretty cool looking area. It's just unfortunately a little short. There's like a skull dragon boss here. No worries at all. And then you start the fin- what is basically the final dungeon, the Pharos Lighthouse. And it is just, it's huge. This dungeon is no joke. It took me hours to get through this thing. I remembered that it was huge, but I didn't remember like all the puzzles that were involved. And um, there's also like five bosses or some shit. None of them are particularly memorable or remarkable. You get a summoner too, as well, I believe. But so then you, after hours of climbing this lighthouse, you get to the top and then there's this huge long sequence uh, where Gabranth comes in and attacks, which is, you know, not what they were asked him to do, but he's like judging Ash and, I found that Bosch had surprisingly little to say in this scene as well. It's just like, hey, you're not going to talk to your twin brother that you haven't seen since you got out of prison. It's just kind of interesting. Um, although I think there is like one moment between them here. Uh, after that, Dr. Sid arrives and he relieves Gabranth of his duties. And Gabranth just kind of fucks off after this weirdly. You have to fight Dr. Sid, and he has a summon as well that you've got to defeat. Well, what is it? Fanfrit, the Darkening Cloud. Um, it's kind of a cool boss fight, and it's very dramatic. And But after this, he dies, and Vinod says the, their farewells. And Balthier, <laughs> there's a scene between Balthier and Dr. Sid as well. He's like, did it have to be like this? And, you know, Dr. Sid just says some enigmatic shit. At this point, the mist is, I don't know, what's the seething from everywhere and the sun crest is going off. So there's a cool part where Ash and um, Vaughn are just trying to get to the sun crest and at Ash luckily decides to destroy the sun crest so we can get, which is kind of, it's kind of weird because the empire and Ash are kind of working for the same thing at the end of the day, every, everything's about to explode. So Redis sacrifices himself and destroys the sun crest. And then we lose Redis, which um, I don't, I think this was supposed to be like the big death of the game, but I don't think Redis was well-developed enough necessarily for people to really care about him. Cool guy, but rip. So then there's another huge sequence of cutscenes, and basically the Empire and uh, the Resistance, led by Ondor, are about to go to war. So the thing is, whatever Dr. Sid was doing with the Suncrest... It powered up this giant like dreadnought airship called the Bahamut. And, you know, they say they pronounce it different in every game, it feels like. But you can think of this as the Death Star. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can think of this whole game as like a Star Wars ripoff, which a lot of Final Fantasies do. But this one is kind of egregious, I think. Uh, but basically what they decide to do is go to the Bahamut, stop Vane himself and prevent the you know, the Alliance or the war. So it's really kind of interesting because you get more scenes between Larsa and Vane where Larsa is trying to be like, brother, stop this madness. And Vane basically tells him, Hey, if you want to stop me, you're going to have to get the, you know, power to do so. 
it's just interesting because I think that Vane truly didn't want anything bad for Larsa, but unfortunately they are disagreeing. So you get back into Strahl, you fly to the Bahamut. There's this big war aerial battle Star Wars like scene. Um, they use the Strahl's communicator to pretend to be Vine pretends to be Larsa. Um, it's it's kind of cool. Like this whole ending section is pretty awesome. The Bahamut is like a nothing dungeon. If especially if you have a map, you can just go straight to the final sequence. You fight Gabranth one more time. It's very dramatic. You know, Vane comes down. You start fighting Vane. Even Larsa j- d- turns against Vane and joins your battle uh, for one phase of it. You know, Vane uh, hulks out with the power of the Vana, and it's it's really pretty interesting. Um, after this, you know, Larsa gets hurt. Gabranth is like dying and begs Bosch to protect Larsa. It's really sweet. Gabranth gets his uh, his redemption kind of. And then you go on to the the final phase, which is on the deck of the airship, uh, the Bahamut, and it's uh, it's a little too easy, but I kind kind of dig the final form. I like how Vinaj just like let me just stick a bunch of metal to you. Uh, so you you do the final battle, and then you get to a pretty cool ending actually, where they're flying off, and then you know, um, Bosch pretends to be Gabranth on the comms, and Larsa gets on the comms as well, and then Ondor's on the comms and Judge Zargaboth, which I guess that's the only point of him as a character. So there's somebody representing the Empire at the end, the Empire forces. And they all come to a ceasefire and the war is basically ended and peace returns. After the, oh, but there is one dramatic part where it kind of looks like Balthier and Fran are going to die because they are, they go back to the Bahamut by themselves to try and steer it away uh, in the engine room from Rabinaster. Yeah, I failed to mention that you're floating over Rabinaster at this point. And and the rebel falls and Fran, even Corey, when Fran was covered in rubble, he was like, no, about their picks her up. There's a really sweet scene where they're walking out together and then it kind of leaves it um, in. Uh, I don't know. It leaves it vague if they manage to escape or not. They don't answer that question. I'm running out of time here. You get this ending where it's kind of like Pinello narrating. Gabranth start or Gabranth dies. Bosch is now pretending to be Gabranth and protecting Larsa. Larsa's the new Empire. Ash is uh, about to have her coronation. Pinello has her Revenant wings designs. There's a the traditional Final Fantasy J- uh, J-pop song going on. I guess uh, "Kiss Me Goodbye," which is not one of my favorite songs, but it is sweet. Larsa, or not Larsa, Vaughn and Pinello are now Sky Pirate partners, and Valthier uh, has left the straw to Vaughn. It's really, it does feel like a, a satisfying wrap up, and it all comes full circle. You learn that Balthier and Fran are still alive because Balthier mails Ash's wedding ring back to her. Um, it's, it's just all very sweet and satisfying. I do think the, the ending sections of this game are pretty strong. It's just the rest of the game is really not for me. Um, the gameplay is just kind of boring. There, it can be interesting, but a, a lot of time that feels like you're just watching them attack over and over. Uh, even with the new class system in the Zodiac Age, it didn't really fix that problem with the game for me. I don't really find the side quests enjoyable. Uh, I know this is blasphemy, but I think the hunts in 15 were a little better just because it feels like they're over more quickly and you don't have to seek out the person over in the hunt giver twice and then go find the monster. And you, you know, it's, it's just faster. <laughs> I, there's definitely more lore and more interest to this game. Unfortunately, I'm running out of time. Um, I'm going to hand it back over to Bill. 
But I'm glad that we got to play the Zodiac Age and that we have another Final Fantasy under our belt. All right. I'll catch you cool cats next time. Okay, right. Lots of people did finish the game but didn't actually end up giving me feedback despite me reminding them several times. Look at you, punch punch drunk, Dave. (laughs) But I think I've got most people here. So again, as we always start off, it starts with Frost. I really like the final section uh, with one caveat that I'm beyond overpowered for it. The uh, Roderia contract, that was the name of that place, is one of the uh, is one of the best looking locations in a video game ever and by far my favorite location in this video game. A lighthouse at the edge of the world, the perfect place for a final dungeon, rare hunts, super bosses, overpowered weapons, armor spells uh, and spells to be hidden. Uh the Pharos is a cool final dungeon, and the only really annoying part, collecting the black orbs, is fairly easy and in the required part of the dungeon. The sheer number you need uh, in Subteria, however, is another story. The bosses all look amazing. I particularly like Fanfear's look. So Fanfear was kind of like this big white tiger thing. Kind of reminded me again of um, uh, the final SGF uh, Guardian Force in Final Fantasy VIII, which is oh, I can't remember Fenir, is it the one that you know the one that thingy has round his neck and then uh, Ultimacia joins with it. It kind of looks like that a bit, but like a white version, almost like a a white black and white Kamari <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, Redis has revealed that he was Judge Zekt and the one who destroyed Nabadis with the Midnight Shard, and his sacrifice really worked. Yeah, it did work, but I felt like they could have paced out that all that stuff. To be honest with you, Frost. Um, unfortunately, the Mana Fortress. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's very Mana Fortress-like, isn't it? Um, uh, Sky Fortress Bamahut uh, might be the worst part of the game. It's a two-room dungeon with two boss fights. The first is a repeat with Gabranth, and the fight with Vane must be the worst final boss fight in the entire series. I kind of do feel that. I- I'm with you on that, Frost. He goes all Hulk-like, and the <laughs> uh, he goes all Hulk-like the Joker at the end of Arkham Asylum. His model looks absolutely laughable. I fought these two after completing all the hunts and espers, and so I, <laughs> so I as Bosch one on one with his brother, and let Ash one on one versus all three vein forms. Fair enough. Uh, end game content from this is still Frost, by the way. Final Fantasy XII's main issues is the side content is so good that you want to do it, which makes you overpowered for the last half to third of the game. There are entire optional dungeons in the Great Crystal and under Pathros. In the later hunts, all challenging in their own way, and none of them seem unfair, except maybe Yzermat, who has a hundred percent instant death attack, (laughs) and could cause a few, uh, and could use a few million less HP. I never sought out. um, I never sought out uh, the rare. I never sought out and rare chests except the Zodiac Estrio. Oh, I can't say that word. Execution, <laughs> which is pretty great to get. I had never had to grind either because the equipment I was getting from these excursions, uh, the Masamoon, Genji equipment, ribbons, etc. I never got any of this shit and I still found it too easy. Uh, was enough when combined without, um, uh, with well thought out gambits. I did have to look up the spawn requirements for some of the great uh, for some of the club uh, hunt club enemies though. 
and this was all done with randomized jobs. To say that FF12 is an easy Final Fantasy is an understatement. I, should I ever play again, I plan to take Kai's suggestion and get the PC mod Struggle for Freedom, which apparently sets the difficulty curve in the right place. Overall, I was level 81 and played for about 75 hours. But unlike at Punk Drunk Dave, I did not find every rare game or complete the trial mode. Fair enough. Uh, so next up, we have Yashiri00. Finished the game around 46 hours. Party was around level 55 mark. And although I had a few mishaps in Pathros, I breezed through the final boss battle as Bast was consistently hitting for 2,000 plus damage with each hit he made. Final thoughts. Let's start with the negatives. If I'm totally honest, it's <clears throat> certainly not my favourite Final Fantasy game. and might be the least favourite so far. I had heard that this is many people's favourite in the series, so I did have high hopes, but the convoluted story made it really difficult to enjoy or even to remember what was going on. Also, how did people enjoy this on the PS2 when the pace of the game without two times or four times speed was incredibly slow? Disease is literally the worst status effect I've ever encountered. And also, many of my party wipes were from enemies just spamming every status effect in the game, which was incredibly frustrating to say the least. Time for the pof positives. This final segment in particular was incredible. Pathos was a bit of a slog, but the removal of certain abilities or the minimap made it a personal choice. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know if my game was bugged. I did the remove minimap ability, but my minimap was there the whole time, so I was very confused as to what was going on. It just didn't seem to do anything, and I just walked through. So, yeah, I don't know what happened there. I think my game might have been bugged. Um... The personal choice of how difficult you wanted it to be. The final, uh, the fight on Bahamut uh, will definitely be etched into my brain for some time as well. That final CGI segment before the credits was incredibly well directed. Uh, again, yeah, the guy who directed this game um, also directed Vagrant Story, which is a masterpiece in video game direction. You may not like the combat or like the whole fighting system in Vagrant Story, but the way that game is directed is an absolute masterpiece. All right, I'm just going to say that now. Masterpiece in sim in cinematography, gaming, storytelling, brilliant. Just absolutely love the way that is put together. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> sorry, inside that, but yeah, he did he did it for this as well, or uh, well, parts of this game. So I imagine he'd already done the end segment before he had a mental breakdown <laughs> to leave to leave the game. Uh, anyway. Uh, I really like the main cast, with Ash and Balfir being my favourites of the bunch. The cast weren't as likeable as Final Fantasy X, in my opinion, but they had enough life and energy in the writing uh, to form a connection with them. One major positive from this, besides finishing a game that has lived in my backlog for a while, and I, uh, for a while now, is finding this lovely group of people on Discord. I haven't really used Discord too much uh, before this, and after being the sole Twitter submitter, I decided to move here and saw how encouraging everyone was and how helpful they were in being to ensure that the group beat the game together. I'll definitely hang around and may join you for the next RPG Club. Do! Gadaseki! I really enjoyed this section. Pathos to the Sky Fortress Bahamut. It was boss, 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 boss and more bosses. They were all relatively easy except for Hashmal. He cheats and uses disease, <laughs> turning everyone into one hits. The other bosses in this section looked amazing. You had Sid with his huge gun and fan for it, Hashmel with his blades and uh, attached to his arms, uh, Fenrir who was a giant white tiger with a giant sword, Undying with his giant wings and so on. Undying had some amazing attacks 
that would go into a cutscene. Every time he did this, I thought I was toast, but luckily they all didn't do too much damage. In the end, I finished the game with most of my party at level 51. I think that's kind of where I was as well. And I will cover my final thoughts of the story for the final section. Review. Oh, Sky Pirate JS. I'm getting really bad dry mouth. Uh, I know I might be in the minority here, but I love a game where I can prepare for the final bosses or sequence of bosses in such that they are a cakewalk because I've cultivated a party, <laughs> a full party of overpowered gods. <laughs> what I like about Final Fantasy XII is this is doable through doing the engaging and fun side quest content like hunts and small quests. Pathros was a fun dungeon. It was effectively it was effectively the final uh, dungeon, given how small Bahamut is. I liked the gimmick where we have to give something up, but there was an easy way out which I took, just giving up the minimap. I ended up doing some unnecessary grinding on the further ascent because I kept picking the wrong waystone and going back to the beginning of the section. Oh yeah, I think JS is blind, so you probably not blind. Sorry, <laughs> sorry JS. I think JS is colourblind, if I remember correctly. So yeah, having to pick the right colour orb might have been a bit of a challenge. Oh, I'm so sorry I said you're blind, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway, sorry. This is a hugely insensitive moment for me there. Sorry, please, please give your negative feedback on the Discord. <laughs> Uh, I love the end of the game. The gimmick with Vaughn pretending to be Larsa over the radio. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah, and then Bosch pretends to be Judge Gabranth. Funny stuff. Uh, to get clearance to approach the Bumhurt was was good. I like how they. I like how later they did the same thing with Bosch, speaking as Gabranth. I liked Gabranth's redemption at the end as well. The final boss carried a good story drama, even even if I did pummel all three phrases to death with a berserked Vaughn. When I beat the final phase, I didn't realise at first I'd killed him so quick. And right before I finished him, there was a message that said he was preparing to use some <laughs> special attack. I thought this death animation was some kind of over-the-top attack animation. <laughs> that was pretty funny. He did that attack twice on me, so you killed him a lot quicker than I did. Uh, the ending sequence was great re reward for the long investment of the time I had here. And proved again that Balfour and Fran are the best characters in the game. Can't wait to share overall thoughts for the review episode. And finally from Deesa, which is good because I'm getting really bad dry mouth. <clears throat> it's a nice short one. The last part of the game didn't give me a lot of trouble and I enjoyed the flashy ending scenes. I also wish they kept Penelo as she was in the scenes uh, of the ending. All in all, I'm glad to be done with it, but I guess I should save those thoughts for the review, Fred. Thank you very much. Oh, and I made, I made a mental note here to say, Lord Brother! <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Um... I can't remember why, but I think it's when we knock Vane down before he starts running off to you know, meld with um, Venarb. Oh yeah, babe. oh yeah, I forgot. I completely forgot. When? Wow, I forgot this moment. I I mentioned that Venarb melded and became one with Vane, and then they did all the big metal things like a big, big flying dragon, motherfucker. But yeah, when he did that, that means he was vulnerable to death. So assumingly, when we killed Vane Solidor at the end, we also killed Venarb. So we are god killers. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, when uh, before that happened, when we first beat Vane and he falls to the floor and Larsa goes, Lord Brother, and runs over to him. She's like, why would you say Lord Brother? Like, he, yeah, like he is your brother, but you wouldn't go Lord Brother. You'd go Brother. <laughs> it's just like, it was so random. It's just like, come on. Sure, the voice acting in this game has been on point. All right. They didn't use fam famous voice actors. 
and the voice acting does really really good is really really well done in this game it's so on point um and then yeah just to have this random bit and go lord brother you'd think the voice actor would be like that's that's just not something anyone in the universe would say you wouldn't be so ingrained in calling your brother lord <laughs> you'd be like lord brother you'd be like lord vane or lord solidor like you know in public but in in private you'd be like all right douchebag all right fart head come over here fart head no no i assume that's what brothers gone says i only had a sister growing up but yeah anyway that brings an end to the final fantasy 12 seg monto oh man <clears throat> i've got some serious badass dry mouth <laughs> let's get let's get into our outros yeah Yes, everybody. Um, again, sorry I haven't managed to get a new segment out, and uh, apologies to Caslo and uh, Frost and everyone else who posts nudes in the Discord for me to read out. It's just, yeah, it's been a bit difficult <laughs> to get that sort of time in together. But yes, currently we are going to be having a short break for next week, so there will be no episode next week. I had tried to line up a uh, review episode with Scott for Terranigma. Uh, and unfortunately, we did have to cancel it this week due to personal reasons uh, on my side. <laughs> Mostly work. But yes, so I didn't have that review in time to have a filler episode. But yes, that will be coming down the line. So again, I'm taking a one week break. No episode next week. We will be returning and probably having a big catch up to start with. But then nominations for the for the next RPG club start April 16th for the patrons so if you want to become a patron and get involved with that please go to www.patreon.com forward slash RPG years or just search for us on their applications and you'll find us and you can nominate the game there so again nominations start April 16th with voting commencing on April 23rd so get those dates in your diaries people and get your games ready okay no final fantasy games because we've just played one and make sure it's less than 40 hours long and again if you do want to join the patron we do have more content coming down the line where we have the vip club starting up soon so you know we can all look forward to that as well if you if you're enjoying these episodes since it's become solo bill club 
<laughs> and you and you want to do something for the show, please rate and review the show on whatever podcast podcatching apps you happen to listen to us on. We're on pretty much everything. If you find something we're not on, please let us know. You can reach out to us at rpgyears at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Sorry, RPG After Years. Yeah, you know, you can't easily change it. <laughs> gmail account but yeah you can contact us at rpgafteryears at gmail.com or you can contact us on twitter at rpgyears and you can contact me at metunica m-e-t-u-n-n-i-c-a you can also join the discord which there are links in below and again if you want to play along with the materia lockdown unfortunately the bot is dead at the moment and it's not going to be up this year but you can come join us in the discord where we've got either a google spreadsheet that you can use you can make a copy of it and use that or you can just just roll a dice in the bot and we'll give you a job. So all fun and games, people. Come and join us if you can. Would love to have you there. But yeah, that brings it. That brings this week's episode to an end. And again, it brings to an end of the final Fantasy Twelve RPG Club. I've had a fun time grinding my way through Evelise. The game started off with an amazing difficulty curve at the beginning up until about the halfway up until about old arcades the game was really fun had a good difficulty curve and then became an absolute cakewalk after that <laughs> uh, I'm, i may one day go back and do the hunts but it's not looking likely but anyway people it's been a great club it's been great fun doing it i can't believe i actually managed to pull off a solo rpg club by myself considering the last time i tried was the chrono cross club and there was huge gaps of like months in between of me not doing that. So yeah, I've been very impressed I've managed to keep up with this. And it's been great fun playing with you all. We've had this has probably been one of the most active community clubs we've had so far. And I I want you all to come back for the next RPG club, no matter what it will be. Anyway, guys, again, having a week's break. Have fun without me. I love you all. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye! has been a presentation of the we can make this work probably network follow us on twitter at probably work for more of our questionable content also we have a website called probablywork.com <laughs> <laughs>